Welcome to the Empower to Connect podcast, where we come together to discuss a healing-centered approach to engagement and well-being for ourselves, our families, and our communities. I'm J.D. Wilson, and today on the show, uh, we have one of our favorite humans on earth. It's Robin Goebel. She is back again today with us, uh, and we're going to talk all about lying. Um, man, just take a deep breath with me, because this can be a topic that drives us to crazy places. <laughs> so um, as you heard me say during our episode, we talked about flight. Um, this was a, a huge issue for me personally as a, as a child and, and, and something that um, as somebody who has ADD and, and is a flighter, uh, man, it is something that is um, very hard to get away from impulsively doing as you're coming up. And so um, I will say that Anytime we have posted on social media um, anything regarding lying or advice about uh, dealing with dishonesty, um, it it gets an abnormally large response. And so we wanted to have Robin over um, today to talk with us about lying because in our opinion, um, she just nails it. And um, as you would imagine, and as, as you're finding out as a parent, um, there is no prescriptive three-step program to get your kids to stop lying, right? Uh, the same way that there's no prescriptive three-step program to get your kids to sleep, it's different for every child, right? So uh, we do want to give some very helpful overviews and big picture structure. And then we do get into some very particular practical um, applications and, and advice here. But just remember, um, as with every situation that you ever have as a parent, each individual situation does require some nuanced understanding of your child, your family member, your um, partner, spouse, your friend, and how um, they operate, what their history is, how they're hearing and feeling different things um, and, and messaging and how it comes to them. So just remember that uh, while we're not going to give the three-step process to end lying in your family forever, uh, what we are going to do is hopefully build in um, a context and a framework for us to look at this and to, and to hopefully build our compassion and also help to get to the heart of what causes these things in our kids and in our family and friends as well. So without any further ado, here she is, Robin Goebel. Well, we're back today with uh, one of our favorite people on earth, Robin Goebel, and uh, we wanted to talk about an easy, lighthearted topic that none of us struggle with, with uh, either ourselves or our kids, which is lying. <laughs> so um, we're here, Tana and I are um, here with Robin today. And so Robin, um, i say first, obviously, just thank you for being on with us again, and, and we're super glad to have you here. Um, why don't we jump kind of right into this um, and talk about lying and, and just get right into the overview of like what um, what is it that we need to start with when we're looking at lying and dishonesty and understanding this with it with our kids and ourselves? Well, it's awesome to be here with you both. I've been looking forward to it so much <laughs> that uh, things are hard in this mo this like spot on my calendar, which is like, oh, I get to be with JD and Tony today. Yay! <laughs> so, um, really glad to be here. Yeah, lying. I mean, same, yeah. right? Like. The, the families I work with, the humans I know on the planet. Yep. Um, it, lying is a thing. Yeah. And yeah. it's a, you know why? Well, there's a lot of reasons why it's a thing, but one of the reasons it's a thing is because everybody lies. Yeah. It's mm. like oh. the most normal human behavior. And 
I would say first to challenge everybody who's listening, just pause and think about like, when was the last time I lied? Yeah. Um, even a teeny tiny lie or lied by omission or just skated around a little truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And most of us don't have to think too far back in yep. our history to come up with something. Would you all yeah. say that's true about you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. So I really actually, when I think about like, why is lying so hard for people? I mean, there's a lot of reasons, but actually I think that's probably up at the top is because, um, it, it, we, we talk about things related to lying so much. We talk about respect. We talk about integrity. We talk about these, um, like characterological values that we all would agree are good. Yeah. And lying conflicts with those. And everybody lies. And so making sense of all of that. (laughs) It's a quandary. It's a quandary. (laughs) Quandary. Yep. Yep. Um, Tana. Uh, Well, I'm just like, okay, we can just hit stop recording. Because I I thought, surely, Robin, I thought we were going to get to talk about how we as parents feel about when our children lie but we are starting right off with a moment of (laughs) self-reflection on this it just feels a little too early for that um no I'm just teasing I oh goodness I appreciate that um I'm thinking about like what does it do in me immediately to like think about it first from a place of like self-observation and I really did just like, oh my gosh, I just had a major paradigm shift immediately. So thank you for like taking us straight there yeah. as we start this conversation. Um, yeah, it's, it's important. It, well, it depersonalizes yeah. it all of a sudden, right? Like it, it feels like this, like we can talk about that, but like how lying feels like so personal and so relational breaking, but you just like immediately diffused it from being something that's personal to something that's human. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. It's just human, yeah. which um, I do think there's like a huge sigh of relief that happens yeah. when we think of it that way, as well as um, extra kind of moment of terror. <laughs> like, yeah. Like yeah. for me, both happen. Yeah. Um, well, and I'm even just, again, I, I, I shared an episode recently. We were talking about flight as a stress response and, you know, lying obviously yeah. pops up a lot in that conversation. And I was sharing that, you know, I, I am a recovering childhood liar. Like I, I just had was, was somebody who would impulsively lie a lot and I didn't understand it yeah. in myself. I didn't understand why I would do that. I was really good at it and really good at being, when you're really good at it, it's really difficult to then shut that valve off as you're trying to have integrity, be a good person, whatever yeah. word you want to label that on. And so, um, one of the things that I love, and you, you talked about this in a podcast you had recently, right? And, and one, of the, one of the sentences that you said, you just said, we only lie because it doesn't feel safe to tell the truth. And I thought, mm-hmm. maybe we just put that on repeat for 30 minutes in the podcast and just, we all say that over and over again. Because at its core, that's, that's the feeling that I would have inside is that, like, ooh, I can't, well, I can't be honest here because this, right. this is not a space for honesty in this moment, right? We, do you want to yeah. elaborate a little bit more on that? 
Yes. I mean, it's, I think it's hard to take something as nuanced and complex as, as lying. Cause there's a lots of things that are underneath lying, lots of reasons why we lie and then distill it down to something like we only lie because it doesn't feel safe to tell the truth. It, can, it feels like, like, how can those two things possibly make sense? Like how can something so big and complex as lying have just one like origin, but if we pause and really got quiet with ourselves and thought about, again, times we've lied, times our kids have lied, times we've watched other people lie, it's like, there's really no other reason. Um, Aside from, without question, I do think kind of creating this other version of reality that we like to live in can be (laughs) a a bit of a habit. Yeah. Um, But even that has its origins and like, we're only not acknowledging what's true and real because something about that doesn't feel, and and I use the word safe. I know for some folks that feels like a hard word. I mean, we could say good. Mm -hmm. Um, We can really destruct, deconstruct the word safe, but there's, there really is no other reason. Like why wouldn't we just say something straight up? And also a lot of us are told in very clear ways that we're supposed to be lying about certain things, mm. right? That like some things don't get talked about when people ask, you know, we can just take the easy cliche, like, how do I look in this dress or whatever, you know, like there's so many ways where we've been culturally conditioned to yeah. be polite, to be respectful, mm. to not tell people how we feel because it's not respectful. Um, that, and then, and then to ask, how are we supposed to know when lying is okay when it's not okay? It just gets really quite complicated. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, from a from a stress response place, like when we think about the the, the conditions in the body that can cause that uh, impulsive lying, like that um, almost automatic response type. Like, what is actually happening when when those responses are coming up? So. When there's, especially if we're going to give like a straight up question, let's, let's put it in my life. Um, did you take out the trash last Mm. night? (laughs) Right. There it is. Um, straight, just such a simple, straight up question. That's also really easy to find out the answer to. (laughs) Regardless, we all know that that doesn't actually really matter. Right. Um, Did you take out the trash last night? Yes, uh I did. Okay. Um, and mm-hmm. then 10 minutes go by and you look out, you're like, well, no, you didn't because it's still there and the trash man's already come. And now we have to deal with this full trash can all the way until next week, all those right. kinds of things. Why would, why wouldn't you just say, oh shoot, no, I forgot. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the first reason that comes to mind for me is when we're stressed, when the brain has a stress response, which we're going to have a stress response because we know that the answer to this question oh. is going to make the other person unhappy. Yep. Yep. righteously or not right like i'm happy to to acknowledge that like as a parent i it makes sense for you to be irritated if a chore an important chore didn't get done like that's not an unreasonable response in myself totally. right yeah. so my kid knows like uh oh i'm gonna like someone's gonna be unhappy if i tell the truth and the brain then that that stress response of the, this is a relational rupture yep right this is someone's disappointed in me 
this is like somehow I have to find the, a way to regulate through those relational pieces, which is actually a pretty tall ask so much. of anybody. Right. In a split um, second, by the way. Yeah, exactly. In a split it's, second, I got to produce right. the answer right now. Right. Yeah. Go right. ahead. Sorry. And yeah. having, no, no, that's exactly right. Because the, having somebody be unhappy with you, like triggering somebody else's stress response, which I do if I say, oh, no, I didn't take yes. out the trash. Yeah. Now I'm in danger. Yep. Right. Yeah. Because stressed out humans are dangerous. That is ultimately what it comes down. Like our biology, humans are the most dangerous everything to other humans. There's nothing more dangerous than a human to another human. Yeah. And so if I'm about to do something that I know is going to trigger somebody else's trust, stress response, I, I'm pretty motivated not to do that yeah. or at least push it off. Right. Because the stressed brain loses time, meaning I'm a really only able to care about what happens in the next moment. Yep. Yep. I can't care about what happens in five minutes or tomorrow. Um, and we, I mean, we know this by science and the way like our brain processes yeah. um, time. That yeah. I'm a lot more concerned with what happens in the next moment, even if in three moments it's going to get worse because um, mm. that, that will make that person even more stressed that I lied. Right. Yeah. right. I think that is amazing. Just even saying that the stress brain isn't that isn't having like a, a thoughtful yeah contemplative like you know using their executive functioning response in oh, that yeah. moment because what happens to us as a parent or an adult if we're just putting this in an adult child relationship context a kid lies and you're thinking well the, the you know the ramifications of that are worse than if you had just told the truth like oh, yeah. that seems yeah, so right. logical to us right. yeah. because we're thinking about cause and effect Right. But that's future thinking. Cause and effect right. is a future state, right? right? Yes. And I'm hearing you say that isn't available to them in that moment. Not in that moment. I mean, so yeah, yeah. there's that cause and effect piece. Like I have to pause. There's a lot of pausing that would have to happen. Be like, hmm. It would yeah. take my mom about 10 seconds. Like, why did she even ask me to look out the window and notice I didn't take the trash to the road? Right. So I might as well just fess up. Well, first of all, that actually does take a lot of time. Yeah. To, in regulation to pause and think all of that through. Yeah. And an additional, then the next skill I'd have to have in order to risk that is regulating through somebody being unhappy with me, even if it's not dangerous, unhappy, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. even if I know, like, you know, um, my kid's never been in danger because he forgot to take out the trash. Yeah, we're irritated right. by it, yeah. but it's not dangerous. Right. Um, but that it takes a lot to regulate through the relational rupture that happens when somebody is even justifiably frustrated with us. Um, it takes a lot to regulate through the feeling of disappointment. I've disappointed somebody else. Disappointment is a feeling that we don't spend enough time giving a lot of care and attention to. Yep. So we don't have a lot of capacity to regulate through. So there's a lot of complex things Right. that go into, did you take out the trash? Yeah. Yeah. So if we, as the grown up in that situation, have at least some understanding of what's happening in that moment, like if we can bring some understanding, um, what, what do you, you know, how is that different way maybe to navigate that moment? with a kiddo that you are just wanting to check in on a chore? Like, do you have yeah. any 
like ideas for sort of where we could go instead. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I have lots of ideas and there are lots of really good ideas that I should use more in my parenting too. Come on, so, right. just so, I'll be very this clear. Is like, if we're doing our very best today, right. which we know is, right. you know, a which little unlikely. Just right. a little unlikely. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Same. I mean, the, the, this one is tricky, but the first thing that I'd say, and I know your listeners have heard this before, is don't ask a question if you know the answer to it. Yeah. Right? There's no yeah. reason actually for me to ask my kid if he did it, took out the trash. It, in a way, it's kind of lazy on my behalf mm-hmm. because it really is quite simple for me to see um, if he did or didn't. Now it's not an unreasonable thing to ask. Like, hey, did you remember take the trash out last night? Like, that's a reasonable thing to ask somebody in a relationship right. with. But if you know that the next thing that's going to happen is a lot of dysregulation or the opportunity for a lie, then that's wow. it. Just is an easy thing to not ask, right? Yeah. To just actually look <laughs> and then say, "Hey, buddy." Mm-hmm. it's Thursday morning. Trash comes on Thursdays at our house. The trash is into the road again. Mm-hmm. What's up with that? How did yeah. that happen? What yeah. do we need to do different? Yep. Because it's frustrating when the trash doesn't get taken out. And now we don't have room for this week's trash. How do we work together to figure out a plan to, you know, get, make sure the trash is taken out. So like when I'm at my very best parenting, yeah. That's a great right. example. Like just right. don't ask and then work together. Yeah. But yeah, let's say you do ask. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lie or there's a big reaction. Um and I think for me the most helpful thing is for my kid can't pause in those moments. He's already demonstrated he can't. Yeah. That means I have to do it. I have to be the more regulated one, take a <laughs> breath, pause. It's a bummer. Yep. I sometimes resent how much I have to be the grown-up. <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth today. Yeah. I know. I know. Yeah. Um, and pause and, you know, yeah. and then do what I need to do internally. I mean, what, what I do next really varies on how did my kid, did my kid fly? Did he yeah. throw himself on the floor? Right. Which he'll do when he's unhappy yeah. today. Like sure. what should just happen yeah. as far as like, how do I respond to that? But a moment of pause, which is, whoops, I sort of set him up for that. And yeah. somehow there's a dynamic in our, in our relationship that mm-hmm. he would rather risk a relational rupture that comes through lying than he would rather risk the relational rupture that comes through, oops, I didn't do what I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, and that's just a place for me to pause and get curious about like, yeah. why is that? Yeah. Hmm. I have, um, I don't mind, you know, doing a little bit of self-reflection here on this particular episode. Um, for those listeners that may or may not know, we have a fairly large family and some, we have older young adult children and then we have some kids that are um, younger. And as a parent, I do think that this, like what, Robin, you just so beautifully articulated, you know, in like three minutes just has taken me like, I don't know, a decade to work through and a long process. That curious piece has been an incredibly long journey for me. And I'm, I'm thinking we could maybe all relate to that in different ways as we are processing, um, 
you know, how to pause and show up for our kiddos and ourselves well in those moments. But um, lying in particular has been a personal parenting stress spot for me. And um, a lot of like thinking back to my own past and history and my own growing up and my family dynamics and like, why is that moment of like risking telling me the truth? Like, why is it so painful to me when it doesn't happen? And, um, you know, the answers weren't easy to come by. Like it, mm-hmm. a lot of like, I don't know why this bothers me so bad, but it does. And I am not, I am not a safe place. Um, you know, it, I could say it was for multiple kiddos, but one, one of my children in particular, and we, you know, we've had a lot of conversations about it now on the other side of like the times that mom did not respond well, like tons of repair have come initiated by me uh, as I've like, oh my goodness, this is so deep in me. Mm. And, you know, it would be a situation where my husband would be in the same scenario and maybe a child would would lie about something and I could see him navigate through it with like a more calm, more regulation, like more ability to show up and problem solve. And I just got stuck and yeah. so reactionary. And like yeah. I went into major self-protection mode in that moment, I got so dysregulated and I just knew I was because I could look at him and be like, well, he's not, this, <laughs> the line's not okay, but he isn't absolutely losing his mind right now. Yes. And I am like, yes. so what's going on in me? <laughs> and I wish that I could say that the answer was fast and easy, but it wasn't Robin. Yeah, it wasn't. And I didn't, um, I don't mean to overshare, but I didn't come to my like big, huge epiphanies until I started seeing it in a friendship, like Mm -hmm. something happened in a friendship that went a little bit sideways and I felt the same feelings come up and I was more clear and level-headed to pull that apart because it wasn't a parent-child dynamic. Yeah, And I was like, Ooh, why is that? Why is that impacting me that way? And then I'm like, Oh, look at my past. (gasps) That's what's happening in my relationship with this kiddo. You know, it just, it's just, it's not easy. Yeah. We can say yeah. it, but my goodness, it's so layered, right? Does that resonate with either one of y'all? For sure. Well, it's so layered. So, and lying, yeah. I think, lying and food, lying and food issues, yeah. and the work that I do with families, yep, so layered. They, um, there's a way that, at least in Western culture, we have made re- connections between things that aren't connected, which is like, if my kid eats the way that I want them to eat, I'm a good parent, essentially, when it comes yes, down to it. Yes, I'm, yes. I'm good at mothering. I'm good at caregiving. If my child eats in this way kind that way. other people determine is good. Right. And then I, and I think that's really true about lying. Like of all the things we wouldn't want somebody outside our family to know about or to experience from our child right? It's for them to lie. There's something about the way that we've conflated a very normal behavior yeah, with yeah. integrity, with character, yep. with it meaning this person doesn't respect me. And if I don't, and then we can start talking about all sorts of bigger things regarding like just Western culture um, and what it means to be to be respected and why that's important and the fear that comes up when we're not. Um, I also think it like for me, when I'm lied to, or when I experienced somebody lying to me, 
um, it, it took me a long time to unpack that as well, because I actually start to feel like my own reality is being called into question. And when my reality is being called into question, I start to feel like my selfness, like my existence yeah. is getting called. Like, am I real? Which that sounds bananas, I think, to say out loud. Like when your kid is like, yeah, yes, I took out the trash. And it's like, and now I'm worried that I don't exist. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, come on, please. And maybe in that exact situation, it doesn't, you know, it, it, but yeah. there's absolutely situations that have come up for me. Um, and then being a therapist, I'm, you know, I'm just required to be constantly looking at the stuff because believe it or not, clients yeah. sometimes lie to me. Right. <laughs> no. Oh, that's Wild. so interesting. <sighs> And so, yeah, that is where I discovered the hurt part of me was that's like, what if you're, what if that person is actually right and I'm wrong? Like, what if, what does that mean? What if they're not lying? Maybe they're telling the truth, even though I know the trash doesn't take you to the road, but what if, what, and I'm like, if I can't depend on my own experience in reality, I, and I know this sounds wild to some people. It's like, I start to question, like, do I exist? Am I here in the world? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well now it makes a lot more sense why lying creates such a huge reaction. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, and the two of you are sharing your, your internal responses. I think because that was such a thing for me, I immediately feel this grief of like, I have not provided a safe place for my kid. And now, and before they've even gotten to the end of their lie, I'm, I've already got them in jail 10 years from now. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, just means, yeah. It just means they're going to be on the street for the rest and of their I'm lives. Saving their Holy crap. Money. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and so I like, and it might be jail. It might be, no one's going to like you. It might be, you're, you're stuck living with us forever because you've, you know, you're an outcast in yes. society and you have to stay inside because no one can trust you. Yeah. Like, and all of those yeah. fears were are things either that were like projected on me early on growing up or things that I just desperately don't want them to have to feel uh, for themselves yeah. as they grow older, right? I don't want them to have to feel like they can't be trusted because I know how that feels, right? I don't want them to feel yeah. like nobody will listen to you or believe your stories because I know how that feels. And I conversely as an adult know this amazing freedom and joy of being able to be in a relationship where, you know, we've done the work for me to say something really disappointing and to be met with grace or with love in that, or to be met with like, this pisses me off. I still love you, but this is, this is hurtful, you know? Um, And what that moves me to is deeper levels of honesty, right? So I think what's so funny is we always, we always set out to talk about how do we address these issues. And almost every time, and I would say every time there's some component of it, but almost every time, the first thing is getting our own stuff out of the way. And when our own stuff is out of the way, I, like when I'm in my right parenting mind, I am totally unfazed by lying. I, it's like I've got the kryptonite like in my hand because like that was my thing. I'm kind of like, this is all you got. <laughs> Come on. That wasn't even good. I can pick that apart immediately. And like it, it, it allows me to then be patient and go, man, I know that fear. Hold on. Hey, let me, let's, let's rewind. Yeah. I know that's not true. And I'll, I'll try to debunk it right out of the gate to say, but before you, before you try to cover it up, 
I want you to know, like, this isn't even about that. And I'll, I'll go, try yeah. to go straight to the heart of the issue. And we talk about scaffolding all the time. And I think the, and you know, there are 10,000 things that uh, I do not do well or I impulsively react to with my kids. I think because of this having been an issue with me specifically, there has been some ingrained, like, ingrained patience that I've got toward it. Mm-hmm. But this, this scaffolding of like, let me not even try to get you to the point where you are doing the hard, blunt, like my chest is in, is in pain, honesty. But let me go, let me show you right away I know what happened or I know it isn't true and just take the pressure off of you. You don't even have yeah. to lie because I know I know that this yeah. is not true. So what yeah. actually happened? Just know you can tell me this, like, and I'm not here upset. I want to know because I want to, and then like you kind of lay out like your parents' job. Like I want to be able to help you grow into a person that is healthy and whole and doesn't have to feel this pressure to make stuff up to be accepted or whatever. And so, you know, sometimes that ends with doubling or tripling down on a dumb lie and you're just like, all right. Okay. Well, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and then sometimes then yeah. you get these beautiful like moments of, oh, all right, yeah. I'll tell you, you know? And so, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, all of us had this self-examination to do to realize why the reaction wells up in us the way that it does before we begin to then diagnose this. But then within our kids, lying yeah. is the face plate that's happening, but there's always a deeper... Yeah back-end thing causing it, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I appreciate the fact that I think even all three of us are great examples at how like something different's happening in each one of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In that interaction, like it, our, the way that we are showing up in that moment, are, it's individual. Yeah. And it is so deeply tied to just personality and wiring and history. And every one of our curious, when we're curious with ourselves and we come to some deeper self-awareness probably going to lead us down some different reasons why we feel the way that we do in that moment. So I think our strategies for how we move through that moment are probably pretty unique as well, right? Would yeah, you, yeah. like, what are your thoughts about that, Robin? Like, Absolutely. Just, yeah. yeah, I mean, we all, we all are going to have the, our own pieces about like, what's hard about this, what's tender about this. And I also want to make sure it's really clear that simply because something's hard or tender around us, or or sometimes we do react in certain ways, like it doesn't necessarily make our kids lying our fault. (laughs) Or okay. Right. Like, well, no, 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 that for sure too. Like, you know, that's another, I, that's almost another Western culture thing to this, like black and white thinking. Yeah, It's like, no, no, no. To be clear, the behavior still isn't cool. Sure. Yep. Right. That's right. And it doesn't have fault. to blow us up. Right. Yeah. Yep. It doesn't, yeah. It doesn't, we don't have to like freak out about it. Yep. And there's, you know, there's this thing I'm sure y'all come up against too when working with, with such mindful, thoughtful, curious parents who would be listening to a podcast like this. It's like it all of a sudden becomes really easy to be like, oh, this is my fault. Yes, I was I was going there. I was like, we've got to talk about that because that is where I go. I know better. I should be able to create the perfect scenario where my child feels so safe that they should be able to tell me everything. So if they lie, I didn't create felt safety. Walt, walt, walt. And then then I'm in a different place in my head, right? (laughs) Right. Yeah, we've created this really mixed up idea of what felt safety is, first yeah. of all, which is, um, I can't, I'm not in charge of anybody else's experience of safety. I can 
offer yep. safety, I, I'm not responsible. I, I cannot be in charge of if that person receives it. Amen. That, that doesn't take me off Amen. the hook Amen. for doing intensely My hard work yeah. to make sure yeah. that I'm as safe of a human as possible in these relationships that I'm deeply committed to, right? Like I don't work really hard to be in relationship with the male lady. Um, I, I don't have to, I never come into contact with her very rarely sure. I come into contact with the male lady. <laughs> I work really, really hard in mm. my, my deeply intimate relationships yeah. and that's my job. That's my responsibility. That's my commitment to these humans that I've said, I will be in this intimate relationship with you. That doesn't make it my fault. Totally. Totally. Right. And I thought some of that, I think is just human parenting, right. That again, um, my kid doesn't have a significant trauma history besides being raised by me. And (laughs) he does occasionally lie. And My husband and I can do the really important work of looking at like, how have we set this up? Like, how have we set up these dynamics in our family where the other day he said that he left his wallet at home so that he didn't have to drive when it's kind of like, well, did he, or did he just really not want to? And for some reason it didn't feel okay for him to just say, I really don't want to drive right now. Um, and how did we contribute to that? Like how, Have we created a scenario in which he would rather say, but also it's not our fault. And also he's human. Like maybe in that moment, he just really felt like not dealing with anything except I left my wallet at home. (laughs) Okay. We don't have to, like, this isn't pathological. Yeah. I know. I feel like I'm hearing this, like, oh, I don't know. It's always a little bit of both and, right? Yeah. Like oh, evaluate yes. my contribution, yeah. own yeah. what's mine to own and release yeah. what isn't. Yeah. And man, we can say that in like a little quick, little cute summary. And that's like, holy smokes. That's like everything. Right. Well, and I, you know, what we're talking about too, like Man, it is so complicated. It is both and because yeah. sometimes our kids have intense trauma histories that do produce yeah. this fear mountain yes. that it's like, yeah. I can't conquer this. Sometimes yes. our kids or we lie about dumb stuff for no conceivable reason at all, right? The wallet thing is a perfect example. I, I mean, the other night there was, uh, uh, let me think of a more generic way to say this. There is food evidence in um, someone's room, in someone's <laughs> areas that I was like, D- uh, and I and I trapped, I trapped my question. Yeah, like, yeah. Did you have a, a bar last night? And like, no. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> it's touching yeah. you. Why you tell me that? Like the <laughs> the rapper is on. So I think the you know, yeah. there's those moments where. That was not connected to some, like, scary, like, I better just say no because I can't face the truth. Like, that was just kind of, like, an impulsive. And that that falls more on this ADD side, right, of, like, sometimes there's this impulsive, like, I can't, I see it going out, and I'm like, oh, no, 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 that's not true. Oh, it's gone. Like, I can't. I already said it too fast. I didn't want to face it. I thought maybe they'd turn away and not see this, whatever. And so I think it is, you know, uh, what we say so often on here, we become students of our kids, we get curious, all that. We brace ourselves and we have to understand these, the, the residual effects of trauma, stress, adversity do exist and can produce these things. 
But again, there's not this generic like formula. We can't just whip out our playbook in the moment and go, aha, got it. That's why this is happening now. And so if, we're, if yeah. we can become students, like it does help us to be able to nuance those, those arguments because sometimes there is, as a kid, you don't want to face what you know is going to be a hard sit down conversation from your parents since you're like, I'm just going to tell them that it's at school and I don't care, right? You know, whatever. And so uh, in those situations, I think, you know, what, and one of the things that you said, Robin, on your, your episode, just, you know, shift the focus in those situations into just offering connection, regulation, felt safety, right? Like that's kind of the, the back end, like beginning to rebuild after this is connection, regulation, felt safety. Yeah. And if we can reinforce those things, hopefully, hopefully as we go, that floor gets higher and higher of, of trust that, that exists, you know, within our, um, our yeah. relationships. So I have a super practical question because I'm mm-hmm. really curious, Robin, what your mm-hmm. thoughts are about this. So we've talked some in the past and I've heard people say, and I've even thought about doing it and it kind of works sometimes and sometimes it doesn't. But let's say you're in a situation where, um, you know, maybe a kiddo lies about something and you know that it's not the truth. So, so however you got there, maybe you trapped them, maybe you you could just tell yeah. by their reaction, they probably weren't telling you the truth or whatever. Maybe it is a kiddo that might tend towards impulsive reactions or responses. What is your thought about all like a gentle, like, hey, sweetie, would you, do you like like a minute or two to think about if you, you know, want to give mom a different answer to that? Or like, what do you think of like, how do you feel like that is a successful way to navigate that moment? Would you make some other suggestions for how to move relationally towards some truth telling while creating felt safety or giving them, modeling them having a moment to pause and letting them have a minute to decide if they are safe to tell the truth. So I don't know. Do you have any thoughts about that? Yeah, it's kind of an annoying thought, which just, it just really depends. Oh, I know <laughs> that's kid, so annoying. Right? It just depends on no, so I many things. That. Yeah. I mean, I do absolutely like the pause before saying something is a really important yeah. skill we want our kids yeah. to have, right? Yeah. Like I want myself to have more of a pause. It'd probably be good if my husband had more of a pause. Like these are good life relational skills and very, very valid things to want to teach our kids in the moment of, you know, our, for some kids that are temperamentally, you know, set one way saying something like, Hey, let's, I'm going to give you just a couple of minutes to to just have a pause. I'm going to come back. We're going to try this again. That, that could go all sorts of different ways, depending on the kid. Like for some kids yeah. that would just, the, the shame yeah. would crater them. Totally. And that yeah. could look actually like shame or it could look like rage because that's a great right. way to yeah. respond to shame. It could look like digging heels and even more like I am, I don't need any time. I don't need yes. Yeah. Right. yeah. I am yeah. telling totally. you the truth. Yeah. You know, so I think yeah. there's a lot of great ideas out there. And I think for a lot of kids with certain temperaments, with how dysregulated they are in that moment, with what their history has been with that parent of certain other kinds of repairs that were similar to that, that that could be a great experience. Like, Hey, Hey honey, I'm going to come, like, I'm going to go grab a drink and I'm going to come back. And just a couple minutes, we're going to try this all over again. And let's just see, well, let's just see what happens then. Like, for some right. like kids, yeah. maybe that would work that would for some. Great. Yeah. And then for yeah. some, it wouldn't at all. Mm. Um, and, 
And I think catching moments outside of dysregulation or outside somebody being in trouble to really narrate through noticing people in movies who have taken a pause, noticing other people in your life who have taken a pause before they respond, narrating out, like, you know, when we download our, our days at the dinner table and, you know, I was having this conversation with my boss and they said this, and I really noticed I had to take a breath and pause and think hard before I answered it. That was hard, you know, like a lot of more inner dialogue um, Mm -hmm. sharing can be super helpful just to help just to just share like these are like normal human experiences this isn't uh, this isn't about you being a bad kid this is about like life and trying to um trying to figure it out so I think absolutely that could be a great thing for some Mm -hmm. kids and then for some it's not and you know how we know we try I know. And you, you know, pay attention in the moment. React. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. And I really think with lying, you know, um, one thought, I've had two thoughts come to me. Let's see if I can actually articulate yeah. them. Um, one of them is we do have to get really honest with ourselves about how honest we are in the world. Um, yeah. And even cult, like I've lived in different cultures where there is, there is a culture of lying. There's a culture of a smile, happy face. There's a fi- mm-hmm. there's a culture of everything's fine here. There's a culture of, yeah. we don't talk about hard things. We don't, yeah. um, we just all pretend everything's fine. Um, and I've seen those, I've seen that kind of culture in families and in communities. And I do mm-hmm. think there's a place that doesn't make it our fault, but I do think we have to be super, honest about do we have a culture in our family of saying things that are hard like I really don't like what you've cooked for dinner today yeah yeah that is hard I really don't want to eat this I my kid like for example on my best days my kids allowed to say I don't want to do xyz chore Yep. That doesn't mean he doesn't do it. Sure. (laughs) Just allowed to tell you his feelings about it. Absolutely. He's even allowed to be like, I don't want to do it now. Can I do it in an hour? And I know that that can get really tricky. I'm not necessarily suggesting. I'm just, what I'm saying is we have to get really honest with ourselves is what is the, does, do the people in our family feel like we can really say real things? Um. Because sometimes when we're dealing with something tricky with our kid, we have to pause and ask ourselves that question and be like, oh, right. I think I don't, this isn't our fault, but I can see how we've unintentionally contributed to this. Yeah. Gosh, that's, um, that's great... hard. But, you know, the other thing I've thought about a lot lately, um, probably because of my own personal life, is that when it comes right down to it, the behaviors in our kids that are making us really stressed or unhappy or triggered or whatever is because the um, serve and return of relationship that we're longing for is getting messed up. Yeah. Everything 100%. is about that. Everything is about 100%. that. I could not agree with you more. Yeah. Yes. The serve yeah. and return of relationship doesn't involve lying. <laughs> yep. Right. Yeah. Right. And if I thought of every behavior in another human that let's just say it pisses me off, yeah. Yep. It would be that the serve I sent to them wasn't returned in the way that I was hoping for. Yep. Yes. I mean, that's it. <sighs> that's it. 
We, we all exhale And it's the same fair time. to be yeah. upset about that. Right. Like right, it's right, right, fair right. to be like, hey, I served you myself. Like I, I, and when I say serve, I mean like that energetic, like yeah. I volleyed something to you. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I, I presented an opportunity for connection. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I presented an and opportunity he, for connection. Yeah. And instead of volleying it back to me, you chucked it in my face or you yeah. grabbed it and ran away or yeah. you slammed it on the ground or you right. kicked it back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's all these energetic ways that serve and return gets thwarted. Yeah. That really is what hurts. Yeah. really good. And uh-huh. I think, you know, if I'm, so my personality immediately goes, oh, this is, this is hard. So what's the silver lining here? And I think the silver lining here is that that doesn't mean the game's over, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I think that's, oh, that's, that's the thing good, for us to remember that's in that situation. Good. Like, I, I served the ball to you. You hit it over the fence, yeah. not in a good way. Like, when our, now but our we're ball, both still on the court. But we're both still yes. on the court. We're still there. Yes. We'll go find another ball. We'll start over again. You know. Now I think the or thing. We'll go that, find that one together. How about right. that? Yeah. We'll go yeah. on the hunt for the one that's, that's lost. Great. That's great. And I think that what what we probably grieve as parents the most is just that sigh of like, and I have to be the one to lead this. You know. Yeah. Like, because if we want our kids to lead it one day, like they've got to see what it looks like. Yeah. You know. And so, and sometimes we just don't have energy for that. But I. I I love, I love this as kind of our, like a closing thought to this conversation is that, you know, our, our job is to, to continue offering ourselves up through, for connection and then helping our kids. You know, we're giving tennis lessons to carry this analogy out, you know, and teaching them how to return it. Um, and if we can, if we can do that graciously, it doesn't mean that the ball isn't going to, you know, hit the net or get slammed down or set on fire or whatever. It just means that we can continue to come back and try again and start again and keep on playing. So. And the tenderness that's happening in that moment. Like I'm thinking about Robin, you used the word tender earlier mm-hmm. and I don't use that word very often when I think about these situations, but it resonated really deeply with me because that's what's mm-hmm. happening. It's a moment of vulnerable tenderness where we're yes. saying we're available to you and yes. we're in relationship with you and you have some power in this relationship to navigate where we go because I'm being tender with you as I serve up a moment of connection. And so, um, you know, it, I think it's, you you know, you are always so compassionate to create such safe places for caregivers and the work that you do, Robin. And I deeply appreciate that because we do have feelings, you know, we are human in the middle of navigating these relationships. And so the tender places in us, it's okay to honor those and like name them and hold space for them and be just be kind to ourselves. Um, yeah, we have to. I mean, I really, yeah. so I really say, think yeah, you have to. thank you for that. Yeah, yeah, yes, you're yeah. so welcome. I do, I, I love these parents so much, and I do, I watch sometimes, then it's so easy to shame ourselves, like, oh, I know the, I know the right way to do this, or I shouldn't. I shouldn't have feelings that this, the serve wasn't returned because I know why it's hard for my kids to, to, to return it. I'm like, well, both can be true. Yeah. It can be yeah. so hard that, just like you said, it's vulnerable even with our kids to offer ourselves up for, for, for connection. Yeah. When we don't get it back in the way that we're longing for, it hurts. Yeah. 
And that gets to be true as well as it gets to be true that we can understand why our kid is struggling with this. Like they both are there. So. Yeah. So true. I love that. Gosh. Robin, thank you so much. This has been awesome. Always. And I mean, we, you know, I hope you know you're, you're unofficially contractually obligated to come on with us a lot of times and, um, and just <laughs> keep doing this off and on. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, we appreciate you so much. Thank you. Before, is there anything you want to share, like with our listeners as we're closing, that where they can find you? Any fun projects you're working on? Like any shameless plug for how to, how to find you in the world? Yeah, <laughs> you bet. So I also podcast, so they can okay. find that. Of course, parenting after trauma. Um, I have got so much just free resources on my website. That's just robingobel.com. I do have my um, you know virtual community for parents of kids with. Big behaviors. Most kids have experienced trauma, though not all of them. Yeah. Um, that's called the club, and yeah. you know, the club is open for member new members periodically. We're sort of in the middle of a facelift right now. Like we're kind of build. I'm I'm saying we're building a new clubhouse, and so <laughs> oh, I love as soon that. As, the, I love as soon it. as the clubhouse is done, we'll be welcoming new families in again. And it's just like I, I think the most brilliant parents in the whole world are there. A brilliant awesome. meeting like they're light, like brilliance in a light kind yeah. of a way. Like they're yeah. just the most yeah. amazing, amazing humans. Um, so yeah, that's where you can find me. Awesome. Well, we'll link all that in the show notes and Great. we will see you next time. Well, as we always say, I'm just so grateful for Robin and for her work. Um, and so um, she mentioned it in um, the interview, but one thing that we would love for you to do and just for you to know about is her website. Um, her website is uh, expansive and has so many free resources on it, so many different um, things that you can go and consume. She also has a podcast, the Parenting After Trauma podcast. Um, it's, it's great. You should go listen to it uh, tomorrow. Uh, later on today, whatever. So uh, you can find it. Uh, you can find her website, robingobel.com um, on the internet. You can find her on social media. Um, we'll link all of that in the show notes. Um, she also has a thing called the club, which is um, a peri periodically open for enrollment um, parenting group, basically. Kind of almost think of it as a kind of a parenting therapy, a parenting support group. So you can go and check that out as well. Um, Robin's one of our favorites and, and you can hear why. I, I just... I will say the the thing that has stuck with me out of this conversation is that that ending piece we talked about that um, lying so often frustrates us because um, it interrupts that serve and return of relationship that we offer ourselves for a connection or we have hope for a connective moment um, and only to have it dashed by lying and that sometimes at the core of it. Um, even if we don't realize it, sometimes that is what is causing so much pain in these situations. And so um, just remembering that just because the, the ball hits the net sometime or the ball goes out of bounds sometimes does not mean um, that the game's over. So for us, we can, we can pick back up. We can go find that ball together. Like Tana said, we, we can keep on playing um, and, and serving back and forth, serving and returning in relationship with our people. So uh, a huge thank you to Robin again for coming out. Go check out our website, follow our social media. Um, and uh, I will say, uh, just buckle up because the rest of the spring, we've got another lineup of incredible guests who are coming along with some new exclusive, I will say, uh, content that we are writing right now. And we are just 
thrilled to be able to share with you very soon. So uh, for Mo and Tana Ottinger, for uh, Robin Goble, for Kyle Wright, who edits and engineers all of our audio, Tad Jewett, the creator of the music behind the ETC podcast. I'm J.D. Wilson, and we will see you next week on the Empowered to Connect podcast.